You are listening to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Kelly Casperson. Hey, friends. Welcome back. I have a good friend, Jen Mason. She is the owner of Wink Wink Boutique, an amazing sex shop in Bellingham, Washington, but you can get her online at winkwinkboutique.com. And we are going to talk today about lube all the lube, lube 101, lube info, because it's been a long time since we chatted, Jen. So welcome back. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, our, for people who want to know, go check out really old episodes on this podcast with Jen if you want to hear us in like our baby beginning podcast world. I'll post those numbers in the show notes, but it's like way back with number 40, pre-pandemic. Like you were at it, we were at your shop and it was a different shop. You've changed location since then. Here we are still doing our thing, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we're delving into the world of intimate lubricants today. What are intimate lubricants, Jen, and why are they important for sexual well-being? Yeah, intimate lubricants, or as most people call them, lube, are you know slippery, slidey substances that can reduce friction during sex um, and can be used just whether you're having maybe a longer session and you want to have things a little more slippy slidey or you're experiencing dryness. So lots of reasons folks use them. Perfect. Is there like a certain age you're supposed to start or can you start from like the debut of sex? Like when do, when do people get introduced to lube? Well, a lot of people don't get introduced until later in life. Until there's a problem, right? Until there's like pain or something. Yeah. Yep. But I always recommend that folks use it anytime they feel like they need it, or even if they just feel like it would be fun to use. So you can use it anytime. I wish more young folks were trying lube and seeing how it could potentially improve their their sex. Dude, I got into it because of pain. I was having pain. And now I'm like, yeah, just use lube. And people, when people interview me, they're like, any parting thoughts on like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, use lube. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people feel like there's like some sort of threshold you have to have reached to use lube. And I'm like, you know what? It's not expensive. There's no side side effects. Around. You can just use it. You don't have to like have a great reason. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is so cheap. This is just like, you know, buying Kleenex at the hardware store, basically. Like it's not that expensive because people are like, oh, what's the right one and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's okay to try and like see what you like and see what's out there because there really is a wide range of stuff going on. Yep, absolutely. And your mileage may vary. Mileage may vary. I love it. And what some person likes, another person might not like, right? Okay, so let's break it down into like the categories. Let's do, we'll do like water-based. What's a water-based lube? So water-based lube is, you know, water is kind of the main base ingredient and water-based lubes are universal. You can use them with any toy material, any body part and any kind of condom material. So they're kind of considered the, the universal lubes. Are there, is there a reason we should be using water-based lubes? Like, are there certain things that are like water-based lubes only? Um, water-based lubes only. I mean, silicone toys are going to be um, best with a water-based lube. Um, I guess silicone-based lubes can ruin your silicone toy. But also, if you just don't want to have to think about it, sometimes people are like, I have this lube for my when I use condoms and this lube's for when I use this. And it's like, if you don't want to have to think about it, water-based lube, you can use it with anything you never have to think. Universal applicant. Yep. Nice. So let's go to the silicone-based lubes, which I love. They're like my, once I discovered, I discovered my, my gay friend told me about gun oil, which is a silicone-based lube years ago. And I'm like, 
to me, I'm like, you can't go back unless you have to, unless you have to go back to use the, the water-based loops. But let's talk about silicone. You know, where did they come from? Who are, who likes them? What are they good for? Yeah. Silicone-based lubes, yes, they are nice and velvety. They never get sticky. You can use them on any body part. You can use them with condoms. You just don't want to use silicone lubes with silicone toys because it can ruin the toy material. There are some, you know, loopholes with that rule, but generally speaking, you don't want to use silicone lubes with silicone toys. I always recommend that if people aren't using silicone toys, go for a silicone lube because they feel for lots of folks just so much smoother, so much richer, and you don't have to reapply very often. So they, they're just so lovely. I love it. I break the rules. I use silicone lube with silicone toys because I just don't give AF. Yeah. I tell people all the time in the shop that I'm like, look, if you love your silicone lube and you are using the silicone toys, it's nothing bad is going to happen. The toy might just not last as long. Like the toy material might break down. So that's fine. You may just need to replace your toy sooner, but otherwise go for it. Yeah. I think some people are like, it's this big no-no. And it's like, well, whatever. Live your life. Live your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So oil-based lubes. Let's talk about those. Yep. So oil-based lubes um, have some sort of oil as it's based often um, coconut oil, which you can just use straight coconut oil if you want to. Oil-based lubes, you don't want to use them with polyisoprene or latex condoms because it can break down the condom material. You also generally don't want to use them with silicone toys, can um, degrade the feeling of a silicone toy, but they also feel that silky, smooth, nice sort of substance. So a lot of folks like those oil feels. I like them because they're not cold. Yeah. Cold for me is a turnoff. <laughs> I just feel like it's a lot It's a lot more like human temperatured. Yeah. Oils feel nice. And just for, for the people who might not be in the know, latex condoms are the most common type of condom? Yes. Latex condoms, basically any condom that you're going to get from the store, grab off the shelf, 99% of the time it's going to be a latex condom. So generally speaking, don't use um, oil-based lubes with condoms. Got it. What about these, the hybrid lubes? Because you'll be like, this one's a hybrid. What does a hybrid lube mean? And, and why might they be better? Yeah. So hybrid lubes are, um, they're a mix of water and silicone. And so it's enough silicone that it feels a little thicker and silkier than a straight water-based lube, but it doesn't have so much silicone that it will ruin a silicone toy. So sometimes people like that mix. So niche You can niche down on your lubes. Let's talk about myths. What myths do you see that people come in the shop with about lubes that you'd like love to dispel? We touched on it earlier, but the myth that like lube is only for older folks, that younger people don't need to use lubes. And it's like, look, every body can experience friction. Every body can experience dryness. And so that there's this idea that, oh, well, it's only for people of a certain age or only if something is wrong. And I'm like, loops for everyone at any time in life for any reason. You don't have to have pain even to be experiencing a need for lube. You could just use it. So just use it. One myth I see is that if you have to use lube, it means you weren't aroused enough. Yeah, we hear that also that it's like, well, you shouldn't need it. You shouldn't need it. Your body should be able to give you all the lube that you need. Right. I think that myth is sort of like, okay, it's yes, it's a myth. And also let's look at this because not all bodies lubricate on demand. Many bodies don't lubricate on demand. Many bodies don't lubricate when the person is feeling turned on. And so it's like, yeah, some people are going to, are going to need lube and that's fine. 
I also think it's important to go, okay, but would your body be lubricating if you were doing things that you were actually enjoying more? Like lube should not be a replacement for getting the kind of sex that you actually want to have. It's not a shortcut to like, oh, well, we'll just use lube and then you don't actually need to be turned on. So, you know, I think it's like, it's a yes and. (laughs) I love that. That's really good for people to hear. So some couples or or individuals might feel embarrassed or hesitant about using lubes or bringing it up to their partner that they want to try it. Talk about how we can kind of open the communication around incorporating lubricants into your routine. Yeah. So, I mean, I think lube is like anything else where it's great to talk about it when you're not in the middle of having sex, like bringing up the idea, shopping for it together, sometimes even trying it out on your own so that you know what it feels like and can be like, yeah, I tried this. I really like the feel of it. Always framing things as a we. Like, I would love it if we can try this out together. Even having your partner, like, try putting it on your body, like, make it to be, like, a a fun, sexy thing can be helpful and make it more fun. This amazing podcast could not happen without the support of our sponsors. One sponsor I'm so excited about is Uberlube. I've been using Uberlube and recommending them for years. I give away lube packets in my clinic. Adding lube with intimacy is a no-brainer. And a good silicone lube shows that when you play, you mean business. Uberlube is long-lasting, super slippery, and doesn't have any of that sticky tackiness of the water-based lubes. I find it's great for dry skin, especially skin affected by hormone changes. It's so clean and useful that people use it for their hair and to prevent chafing with sporting activities, too. Next time you reach for the lube, reach for Uberlube. Check out the link in the bio with 10% off. Enter the code NOTBROKEN at uberlube.com. Are there any potential risks like allergies associated with any sort of lubes or how can we make informed choices about like what's safe and healthy for our body? Yeah. I mean, I always recommend going into a sex shop or a place where you have staff that are going to know about the lubes rather than just picking one up off of like the Walmart shelf, because there are a lot of different ingredients that can be in lubes. If your body has a lot of sensitivities, you are prone to yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, you know, a variety of different challenges. I always recommend silicone lube, like just straight Silicone. Silicone's hypoallergenic. It rides on top of the skin rather than being absorbed by your mucosal membranes. And so just as a straight rule, like if you have a lot of concerns around irritations, that kind of stuff, just use silicone. (laughs) That's going to be kind of your easiest way. And then look for low ingredient lists. So stuff that doesn't have a lot of added ingredients in it. Love it. Thoughts about like the flavored lubes, the heated lubes, you know, all these novelty things we can get, right? Like who who might those be for? Who might want to stay away from those things? Yeah. So generally speaking, the more stuff you start adding into lube, the more potential challenges you might have with it interacting with your body. So again, you know, once you start adding flavors, you start adding these other elements, it's like, okay, there's potentially more here that can interact with your system. Flavored lubes are fun. You know, some of them taste so great. I'm like, this is like candy. Um, Jen's like putting it in her coffee (laughs) at at work. We got some brown sugar stuff and I was like, okay, this is, this is like (laughs) solving a craving here. Um, But my general thing is like bodies smell, bodies have tastes. 
that's just how they work. But if that feels like a barrier to you to enjoying pleasure, then like flavored lubes exist and they can be really fun to use. And so you do, if it's going to be going into the vagina, using something, for example, that has stevia, which is not yeast, yeast producing, can be great rather than using some of the other ingredients that go into lubes. But often flavored lubes, they have some sort of sugar in them. So you don't want them to go in vaginally. So look for one with stevia. The heating heated lubes that warm up as you use them, those can be really nice to use. Also often are using like a cinnamon or something like that to get them to have that feel to it. So yeah, those can be fun and add a little bit of novelty. But again, just thinking is my body going to be able to handle some of these extra ingredients? I love it. What's coming down the pipeline as far as like what's new in lube? Because you go, you go to all these like trade shows, like you, you like literally see all the new products. Are you like, oh, this is trending in the lube department or what are you seeing out there? I feel like there's a lot of lubes that are being marketed more for specifically for women to use and for women who maybe don't consider themselves like sex people. Lube, you mentioned gun oil, right? So like lube has had a lot of different ways that it's been marketed and for a long time was really marketed for gay men. And there has been more of a trend to be like, hey, everyone can use lube. Everyone does use lube. And so I feel like there's more out there that is specifically designed for women in mind, pH balanced lubes, and just making sure that they're good for folks who have vaginas. I think that's one of the successes of Uber Lube is because it's like, it's so plainly marketed. It's very clean. It's very modern. And then they're like, people use it for their hair and for triathlons. And then you're kind of like, it's really normalizing, like bodies get friction. And I just, I think that's brilliantly done. I don't know if gun oil's on the market anymore. I haven't looked in a while. I think we used to carry it at the shop. Right? Yeah. I don't know if it's around anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Not enough guns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not enough guns anymore. Um, Any sort of like, do lubes have expiration dates? Yeah. I usually say, you know, with your lube, like you're looking around a year-ish for your lube to be lasting. Again, nothing horrible is going to happen to it. I mean, lubes can go bad after time. If you're looking at your lube, looks like the normal consistency, normal smell, normal feel, you're probably okay. But, you know, generally replace your lube after about a year. Did you know around one in 10 women are dealing with a distressing low libido? It could be a medical condition known as HSDD, hypoactive sexual desire disorder. But the good news is low libido can be treated. Addy or phlebanserin, is the FDA-approved little pink pill to treat HSDD. Addy is clinically proven to increase sexual desire in certain premenopausal women. A simple way to think about HSDD is to think of your brain as a browser with lots of open tabs. When it comes to having sex, a healthy brain will close all of those tabs to focus on the intimate moment. However, a brain with HSDD is unable to close those tabs and the mood is lost. Good thing there's Addy. Ask your doctor or go to Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I dot com to see if Addy is right for you.
Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past, who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescriptions, over-the-counter or herbal medications or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Do not take if you are allergic to any of the ingredients in Addy. Allergic reactions may include hives, itching or trouble breathing. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI and medication guide, including box warning at addy.com forward slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. A lot of people, you know, perimenopause, breastfeeding, birth control, menopause, all these different ways that vulvas and vaginas can get dry, they sometimes tend towards like intimate moisturizers too, which I think are a little longer lasting, but those aren't lubes. And can you use lubes for, you know, an intimate moisturizer? Should we not confuse the two? Can you kind of clarify that for people? Yeah, so intimate moisturizers are more of more, they're not used like as like, okay, we're having sex right now and apply this so that, you know, everything's all slippy, slidey the way that we want it. Intimate moisturizers, think of it just like any other moisturizer. You're putting it on so that your skin is a little softer and more supple and potentially over time going to be more supple. Lube is like, we are doing the sex stuff right now. We want things to be slippery and slidey, so we're putting it on the the body. So you can be using, you know, the two of them together at the same time in your life, but they do have different uses. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Jen, thank you. Any final parting words on lube before we wrap up our short, but very informative chat about lube? I do. And this is one thing that comes up a lot in the shop is that Sometimes people are shopping for the lube that they feel like is the best for their body, and they automatically go towards lubes that are marketed as natural or botanical lubes. And just beware that lubes that are considered natural lubes or botanical lubes often have a lot of added ingredients in them that you don't need things. Horny goat weed is sometimes in those lots of additional things. So Silicone lubes, it sounds counterintuitive because people think silicone lube, this is a human-made um, you know, material that can't be as good for you as this like botanical green marketed lube. But really silicone lubes are, are often the, the safest for our bodies. And just beware of things that are marketed as being botanical and great for you, but actually have a ton of added things. Awesome. On along that line, like, you know, lubes that are labeled like organic, do, do, they, do they spoil more because they don't have like any concerns about organic or is it is it kind of a, just a marketing term? So here's one of the interesting things about organic lubes. Organic lubes, to have an organic lube, you have to have a certain amount of organic ingredients in the lube. Now, when they are calculating those ingredients, water does not count as a organic ingredient. If you're, most of your lube is made of water, they're not going to consider that organic. So most of the time, it's just that aloe vera is the replacement for the water. So they just replace aloe vera with water. So again, to me, I'm like, I don't need aloe vera. Like it's, that's an extra thing that can interact with my body. So in many ways that adds an extra ingredient 
you know, it's replaced your water and put in aloe vera. And so organic lubes, it's like, beware of the marketing of it. Beware of the marketing. I love it. You guys go to winkwinkboutique.com and support a woman-owned local community sex shop because Jen Mason literally knows more than anybody else in the world (laughs) about these topics. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. One more shout out to our sponsor, Addy, the little pink pill for women. See full prescribing info, medication guide, and box warning for severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings. Addy.com slash PI. Please go to Addy.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of You Are Not Broken. If you want to dig deeper with me, sign up for my adult sex education masterclass where you learn adult things like communication skills, anatomy lessons, and desire types, and how to talk to your doctor about sexual health concerns. If you want the adult sex education masterclass for free, join my monthly membership for more in-depth, exclusive content, more time with yours truly, a private podcast, coaching, and educational empowerment. And you can watch my interviews live and get them immediately without advertising. Head over to www.kellycaspersonmd.com for the membership and adult sex ed masterclass. Members get the masterclass for free. This podcast is presented solely for educational, entertainment, and informational purposes only. I am a doctor, but not your doctor in this format. And all of my platforms and guests, including on this podcast, are not giving individual medical advice or practicing medicine. See and consult with your own care team for your individual needs and concerns. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for the care and advice of a physician, therapist, or other qualified professional. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine, in case you were curious about that, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. But I still love you. Using the information on this podcast or any of my platforms is at your own risk. Until next time, remember, you are not broken.